will always be an individual for every second I was failing to be fitting in my school And if I'm hearing there's something I cannot do I just got the wrong people to listen to Cause I've been invincible ever since I was told that being different is a gift What's up Joes and welcome to episode 90 of the Average Joes MMA show Jeff Shanahan and Ryan Dempsey back with you once again Hi Ryan Hey how's it going? We're back We are back, we're, we're back where we left off last night <laughs> yeah, so my my final thoughts for tonight. <laughs> yeah, no shit. We can we can catch your final thoughts. I didn't even do final thoughts. I panicked. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, it was a bizarre thing. Like we were like, well, we we just literally talked about it. Like, yeah, you were frozen, but you would just finish a sentence in like from what I had saw, or heard. So I tried to talk to you, and I was like, oh, Jeff's not moving. And then every piece that I had around me was like. No connection, no connection, no connection. I was like, uh oh. And uh, I waited like a couple of minutes and then it was, hey, uh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, I was, I mean, if you listened to the show last night, apologies for the awkward, abrupt ending because I panicked. I I was just I was too high to to process. Usually I have time because Ryan will go into his final thoughts and he talks for a minute and lets me collect my thoughts and what I want to say. And I was like, uh, 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 bye. <laughs> See you guys later. And that's pretty much how it ended. And 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 we did talk about it briefly last night. Uh, Raphael, I know that was you with the Full Hill podcast trying to con- continue your take over the average Joes. But listen, I got two cans. I got two cans of audio whoop fast. It's gonna stop you, okay? So, so keep yourself out of the average Joes, okay? We like having you on. But let us do our thing, and you do your thing, okay? Fucking full heel podcast. Yeah, it was was a takeover. It's like the NWO. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) He can try. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was the the abrupt ending. Ryan hasn't even heard. I haven't listened back to it. I'm kind of... um... I'm not looking forward to it, because I know I'm going to cringe super hard. Listening to you know myself what? stumble and fumble trying to get the fuck out of there. Do with something I've done 90 fucking times plus. It can't be any worse than things we've done before. Like we've had some moments in the show where it was like, oh, okay, whoops. <clears throat> yeah, we've had plenty of those. Plenty, plenty, plenty of those. So, yeah, tonight's show, I... uh kicked off with the music of uh the the 19-year-old sensation token that I'm going to be opening up for tomorrow night. It's a young fucking kid, but the kid's a goddamn spitter. He's a fucking dope rapper. I wish I wish at 34 I was as talented as this kid. So, oh, you're plenty talented, Jeff. Psh, Give yourself some credit. I'm a goddamn hack who's just entertaining on stage. And, hey, entertainment's half the uh, half the price of admission. That's true. People mostly just like me because of the fucking stupid shit I say in between songs. Hey, let's watch the goofus and see what the fuck he's going to say next. <laughs> Dude, if I'm drunk, it's even worse. You never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Or better. <laughs> depends, on, depends on what you're there for. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. If you're there for that entertainment value, there's there's plenty of fucking me making a jackass of myself. <laughs> But it's almost my birthday. I'm allowed to do these things. I'm an old man. I'm an old senile man who's losing his shit. And here we are, face to face, 
a couple of silver spoons. And there's nothing better than telling some idiot to get off my lawn. <laughs> you must not have had silver spoons in Canada. Oh, yeah, with uh, Alfonso Ribeiro and... Uh, All right. Uh, Just making uh, sure. And uh, Ricky, Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. From NYPD 2. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, most of the time when I bust out the fucking <laughs> here we are face-to-face a couple of silver spoons lines... It just glosses right over everybody because nobody apparently remembers silver spoons. See, well, see, because growing up in the growing up in Windsor, I had like those uh, the, the Detroit stations and all that stuff. So I got a lot of the. Uh, I, I mean, I guess some, like some Buffalo stations now in Kitchener, but it's more Canadian stations up this way. But in Windsor, there's a ton of uh, <laughs> of Detroit uh, Detroit television that I got. So nice. That's good. I dig. Good. Good. I feel like less of a jackass. <coughs> slightly. Just like to say slightly, though. Slightly. Not too much. <laughs> no. No, not too much. Just but, too much credit. But slightly. Hey, we're uh, we're just over a month away from UFC 218. Yeah. You excited? Yeah, you know, um, obviously the excitement's going to hit me much more. As we get closer, I mean, there's other events coming up before it. My birthday, obviously, as been mentioned. And, of course, Thanksgiving, which, you know, I love. I like fucking mashed potatoes and shit like that. So mm-hmm. our Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving where everything that was harvested is now in the freezer. So it's kind of pointless to do it that late. But, yes, your Thanksgiving. Look. You Canadians. If you're gonna celebrate a harvest, you should do it when you harvest, not is it is it an half later. Is it thanks harvesting? Well, here we go. Is it? What's the name what is it called? Is it is it harvest day? No, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> and Thanksgiving is at the end of November, where it's supposed to be. If you live in Bizarro World. You call hats toques. You don't get to call us the bizarro world, okay? It just doesn't happen. You guys, you guys can't even just call it hats. It's got to be a toque. If you think about it, though, technically, the French came up with the term, and they were in North America long before baseball caps were around. Well, fuck so too. a toque would have been around before the hat. So, again, the hat would be the bizarro world. No. 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 <laughs> so how do you differentiate then? In the summer you wear a hat, in the winter you wear a hat, and the spring you wear a hat. And in the winter I wear a winter hat or a beanie. A beanie, oh, like see to me, a beanie is basically like a yarmulke, but it has like a little airplane spinner, like Jughead, not Jughead. I don't was, have. A, uh, there's no oh, spinner on my beanie. That's what a beanie to me. I think of like the old little rascals cartoons. Like a yarmulke with a little airplane spinner on the top. No. No, that is not what a beanie is. You you get you grab Google and you Google beanie and I bet you the first thing I that, guarantee it was Bob, but Yeah, somewhere down the line in Google, but a winter hat is going to be the first thing that probably comes up. Or so well, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Okay then. And if it has the little ball on the top of it, it's a puffball hat. A puffball hat. Oh, 
my god. It still sounds better than a fucking duke. <laughs> a duke. I don't know. A duke sounds like something you wear at church. Or... And a puff hat sounds like something. That, well, I mean, you can't really use those terms in today's world. A puffball hat sounds like something in the 70s you would be using hey, to man. describe a certain type of hat that a certain type of people would wear. Hey, you took it there. I didn't. <laughs> I'm just I'm just calling it what they innocently are called. It sounds like a churchgoer's hat. A toque? I didn't say it sounds like a churchgoer's hat. I said a toque sounds like something you should wear at church. Like a oh. fucking, some kind of robe or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go to the word like like the red of toucan Sam or something like that. Like, that's too easy. <laughs> that's that's simple shit. I don't got time for that. Plus, you probably didn't think about it. No, it the first time we had a toot conversation, immediately toucan Sam came up because I love Fruit Loops. <laughs> they are my favorite cereal besides Fruity Pebbles, probably. Yeah, I said it. Nothing, nothing beats Cheerios. That's a nice plain Cheerios. Get fucked. You are so cardboard. You are goddamn vanilla as fuck. I like my plain Cheerios with no sugar on them. Nothing. Just dry. I don't even want milk. Do you like chewing on cardboard? You go Cheerios, you go puffed wheat, or you go cream of wheat. That's it. Why can you have puffed wheat, but you can't have a puffball hat? Because one is wheat. You can't wear wheat. You know what we call puffed wheat down here? Fucking garbage. Golden, golden crisp. No, because then you got to put sugar on it. And it no, tastes you like don't. No, you don't. You don't put sugar on golden crisp. It comes with it on there. Honey? Puffed wheat is plain. Gross. Ah, uh, get out of here. You're disgusting. <laughs> Next year, you're going to probably tell me you like plain cornflakes, too. I don't touch cornflakes. Or shredded wheat that's not frosted. Yeah. You get that cashew cereal, man, with that like that good stuff on there. You you disgust me, sir. You're, oh, you're gross. <laughs> you're like 90. You're 90 fucking five years old. You eat... I, I, get the, I get in conversations with people in like their 60s, and I talk about how much I love cream of wheat, and they're like, I don't even need that crap. <laughs> like, I dig it. I don't care. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I mean... I haven't had cream of wheat in quite a long time. I mean, I will just go for oatmeal if that's the type of thing I'm going for. But I'm not right. anti-cream of wheat. <coughs> it's just not something I've had in a long time. Cream of wheat makes me think too much of my wrestling diets. and I have nightmares. Uh, That's why I haven't touched a grapefruit since 2002. <coughs> that's legit. I have not uh, ate, I have not ate a I've not eaten a grapefruit since 2002. It's like you're just sitting there, like you're trying to, like, as you, like, take a, like, a little piece of your, like, hand starts to tremble, you get, like, the sweats. Like, no, it's like, not like that. It's just, uh, I got to a point, I was eating, I was eating grapefruit, I was eating one solid grapefruit a day. I would eat half a grapefruit in the morning with my breakfast with no sugar, plain as fuck. And then the other half uh, after my dinner. And some days, like after meats and shit, I would just eat the grapefruit on the bus and I would peel that bitch like an orange and eat it. My mom was buying, like, because I was going through so much, she was buying fucking, like, bulk grapefruit. Because, you know, shit's expensive in the winter in Michigan. 
get the crate. Well, no, she'd get like a the big bag or a box, you know, or something from the produce. But like I said, shit's kind of expensive in Michigan in fucking you know, December, January, February, and March. Uh, right. So, you know, you get to the bottom of these, you know, the last few grapefruits in these bags, and they start getting real bitter. And oh, yeah, yeah. And grapefruit's kind of bitter anyway, and that's why people put sugar on it. I could not eat it with sugar because I was trying to fucking, you know, yeah. use, use the yeah, cut weight and use the citric acid to, as a fat burner. And, uh, fuck. Yeah. So, I don't like grapefruit anymore. I like it once in a while. I don't, um, Kara's big on them. I I used to once, enjoy them. I used to eat once those. In a while, when, they're like, when they're, like, really in season, and they're, like, they're really nice and juicy, I can, I can dig a good grapefruit, but it's. Like, I enjoy you know, a squirt. It's a delicious pop. Soda, whatever, whatever you have. That that's a Michigan, they're at least an American thing. We don't got that here. Oh yeah, that's fucked. You guys don't have squirt? No. Mm, that's terrible. You guys have spruce beer? What? Spruce beer? Spruce beer? Okay, it is the absolute most amazing thing. They only sell it in Quebec. It you know, see, so imagine root beer. But it's clear and it tastes like, like spruce tree, like that that like that medicine smell, like that spruciness, like a Christmas tree smell. Mm-mm. That sounds like oh. gin, and that sounds terrible. Oh, it, this is the the most amazing drink in the world. You like you gin, like don't it? you? No, actually, I've never had gin. If you I stay away from most liquors. If you like spruce beer, you would probably like gin because gin tastes like fucking pine needles. Well, <laughs> we so might have to do something on Saturday night. <laughs> I'm probably going to be at least buzzed up on Saturday night, if not drunk. I mean, I'm not going to lie. After the bell is going to get messy. <laughs> I know you're going to be drunk. Actually, you know what? I don't know. Usually during UFC events, like I'll have like a, like, I can have like a six pack beside me. By the time the main event ends, I still have like four left. Like so, with UFC, I get like I get right into it. Like I don't like. So it's just boxing you get trashed for. Pretty much because the rounds are short. <laughs> right? so it's like three minutes, boom. Three minutes, boom. MMA, it's just like I get so into it now. You know what I mean? Like crack open a beer, a fight ends, and I have like not even taken a sip yet. The last time I got drunk during a fight was Connor Chad Mendez, and I drank okay. a, I drank a growler of Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah, that's, I remember that's right. You told me about that. Well, that's right. And then I threw up. It was bad. It's bad. Bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. I'm trying not to get that drunk, but I'm gonna have a few beers. I'm gonna have a few, I'm gonna have a few beers with the boys. And then we're going to podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend of uh, fights coming up. Um, it's going to be a fun weekend, period, man. I mean, I UFC, though, has once again shown Bellator what to do with the a Madison Square Garden card. Yeah, hopefully we get good judging this time. Yeah. Because. Well, I don't know <gasps> if you've heard, but starting Saturday, it's written down that uh, instant replay will be available 
so that they can avoid the whole like Weidman Musasi controversy. So if there's anything well, that prevent anything like that, like I mean, obviously it doesn't affect judging, but but there will be instant repay readily available now uh, for these kind of situations now. So that, I do like that. I do like that a lot. I but yeah, like you said, that's still not gonna affect the judging and there's definitely one out of the three title fights that I can definitely see being close and coming, you know, being a close judge's decision. And yeah, it makes me nervous that they're going to fuck that up. If it's the fight that we're, that you're thinking of, we'll get into it when, as we go, but I, uh, depending on how the results go, there's, one fight where I can definitely see a, a, a close fight with a rematch uh, early to mid next year easily, well, depending on how things play out. I have a feeling it's probably the same fight, but we'll see. Let's uh, shit. We're twenty minutes in. Let's and do it. We're back. To our old Liz of ranting before we go. Oh, fuck, dude. That's that's low. We usually we're usually fifteen to twenty minutes average before we ever start talking about anything if you're if you're just tuning into the show sorry if you're still listening this is what we do and and you're listening to this intro with the talk of toots and spruce beer and cream of wheat please come back yeah we're sorry yeah i mean welcome (laughs) welcome to anybody that's that's listening from the mma freaks group um welcome we do talk mma here we just we like to keep it casual in the beginning like like a couple of your friends sitting around drinking some beers, bullshitting about things, and then fights come up. Yeah, exactly. It's like Saturday at what six, seven o'clock before the the prelims really start going. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's finally here. Finally, it's going to be time to settle this argument. It's time for UFC two seventeen. Time for the return of George Rush St. Pierre after four years. It's time for Michael Bisbing. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's time. This fight finally is gonna fucking it's, happen. It's not even necessary. No? No, it's not necessary. No. You should just give George no. the belt. No. No, like, like you know this more than anyone. I've been saying this since the whole rumblings of him coming back were started. I don't need to see this. I don't want to see him come back. Why? There's like, aside from the the, the one argument that everyone's making that makes no sense of the game has changed a lot since he's been away, which for this fight is actually a very pointless statement to make because yeah. Bisbing is not going to be throwing capoeira kicks. No. Like if you if he's fighting a guy like uh, a Conor McGregor or a Yair Rodriguez and yes that statement would make sense to say the game has changed cuz it's an evolved fighter. But that argument out of the way Michael Bisbing's only going to lose this fight if he beats himself. There's Nothing like I'm picking GSP to win because like there's no money on the line. It's just two guys having some fun, talking MMA, making some some bullshit picks. Like who, like, right or wrong, whatever. 
there's no money lost. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm riding with GSP to win just because like I can't go against him. But like I told you when we were talking back and forth, I will be only way that I could ever be is more shocked than Connor knocking out Aldo in 13 seconds is if at any point GSP gets his hand raised on Saturday night with the belt one around his waist. This wasn't exactly how I expected this to go. I mean, it, it, I mean, I knew I knew what you said, but I yeah. didn't know if you were going to go on record with it. Oh no, like for sure. Like I mean, I'm honest. I'm an open book. Like I don't, you know, what I mean, like I, I have no problem saying. Like I mean, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, Bisming so overmatched. I'm like, really? Like GSP when he GSP fought at 170. When guys who hit the weigh-ins like the next day, they're around 180. Maybe a guy like Johnny Hendricks would have been like 190. Right. It just seems to be walking around, and if he's not in the low 200s, he's going to be in the high 90s. Whereas GSP's probably going to be around that 85 to 90 mark. So Bisman's going to be heavier. He's going to be bigger. He has stellar takedown defense. His boxing is on point at every fight, especially the past what maybe Palace Latis. Anderson Silva fights, we saw it kind of really becoming his biggest strength to rely on. Uh, obviously, the Brock Holt, the striking was ridiculous. Like, GSP relies on striking and takedowns. He can't stand with Bisping, and if he gets Bisping down, we've already seen Bisping get taken down by Chell Sonnen, who's a world-caliber wrestler. Right. Bisping could get up no problem. Yeah. What say that George St. Pierre is going to be smaller is going to be able to hold him down. GSP gets him down. He has to transition so quickly to get into a, a dominant position and just start landing anything he can to try and either weaken Bisping for later rounds or to stop him early to mid rounds. Like otherwise, it's just going to be. I, I I can see a going decision, but I would be very surprised if it's not finished by the third round for Bisping. I mean, George has got. He can always threaten with a submission. He's very, very skilled on the ground. He doesn't show it a lot and doesn't use it a lot. He's only won twenty percent of his fights, um, right? By submission, but you know he's trained by John Danaher and and Hensel Gracie black belt and stuff like that. So, and he works for you know he's trained exclusively now by uh, by Farah Sahabi, so who's right also quite good on the ground. But yeah, and, and, and still and works said, and still works with with John and the Danaher Death Squad and stuff like that. I've seen him rolling with Gary Tonin and and Gordon Ryan and Nikki Ryan and stuff right. like that. So you know, like I, mean, I said, like he still has to like he has to like he has to get Bisbee into a into a compromising position. I think very fast right. when he takes him down because Bisbee will be able to hold him off, and depending on cage positioning shouldn't have much of an issue uh, getting up. No, but I I just I, I just mean like he's got to he it's not going to be a situation like it was where Chael where Chael Chael has some ground skill obviously I mean obviously he's got grappling skill. But when I say ground skill I mean like jiu-jitsu. His jits he's not real known for his jits. He can get some, you know, the basic chokes with the rear nakeds and shit like that. But right. so it's it's a little easier to just get up with with him where you can you can put yourself into a position that could be bad for you on the ground 
in the process of getting up against a strong uh, Jits competitor. Right. So that's the thing. That's more what I was talking about with George. If George gets him to the ground, Bisming's got to be careful on top of just George getting into a dominant position. Michael Bisming not putting himself in bad positions, just trying to escape. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's like, like I said, like I'm all in 100% on GSP. Always going to ride with him. But it's just, I don't know. Like the second he talked about the comeback, I was never a fan of it. The second that the Bisping matchup was announced, I was really weary about where it could go. And it's like, God, like, I mean, even still, like, even if, if he beats Bisping, he goes to welterweight, there's not a lot that I like for him there. He stays at middleweight, there's even less that I like for him there. Like, it just feels like <clears throat> he's got to get this Bisping win and then hope that he can get that golden egg of a Conor McGregor fight and just get a massive payday before he just finally walks off. But, right. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just, this just has, like, uh, oh, what do they call it? Uh, honey dicking. The, 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 the brand shop always says, it has honey dick written all over. They draw you in with Bisbing and GSP just to have, like, a really, like, eh, kind of, fight like it's just well, it's probably what's gonna happen it's probably gonna be a, a it's gonna go one of two ways Bisbee's gonna finish him or they're going to a decision yeah i think i i think that for the ufc's sake <laughs> this would have been a card better suited for like a 214 213 215 when they're not when they're back in vegas i think like being <clears throat> being in madison square garden well like you Tell from the ticket sales that they didn't really plan on, on the on the not even selling out. Like they were hoping to really ride this one. They don't have the proper names. And I think that that's going to hurt the. But and it has been. Well, yeah. You to your point. I mean, that's. I think they were trying originally to do that earlier. The, this fight earlier, and George was like, "Oh yeah, I won't be ready to fight until after October." Oh right, because they had the whole eye injury and all that stuff. And... Then and that was after they announced the goddamn fight, and that was what led to that's right because that's what led to the uh, Bisping saying, "Well, I'm hurt too, so Whitaker, you fight Ro- yeah, Yoel for the interim." That's right. I forgot with that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've been saying it for months. I got Bisping. I th- I actually think he probably will knock him out. Maybe yeah. early second, third round. Yeah, I I see it like a like a, I can really see it being like uh, I call the Luke Rockhold, just catch him in the body, catch him in the chin, and uh, and finish it off. And Jason, but, and Jason Perillo combos. Yeah. This the the the, the co-main event is definitely the fight I'm more excited about than the main event itself. This one potentially should have been the main event. Yeah, but you can't put these two ahead of. Oh no! Oh no! No, I was saying like, like in a perfect world, this would have been like the main event. Like well, GSP Bisping would be a different card. Well, yeah. Right? Well, and this one was a different card. It was the main event back in what July? Oh yeah, that's right. Because uh, Cody's back. Yep. Yep. That's, and that's right. what started the whole Mighty Mouse. <laughs> Mighty oh, Mouse and TJ. Yes. 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 I nonsense about that. and shit. And so, uh, yeah, the coming event. For the Bantamweight title, Cody Garbrandt taking on TJ Dillashaw. 
former teammates. The rivalry finally will at least get settled for one fight. Garbrandt coming off the impressive win over Dominic Cruz. When was that last? That was the December. Last December. Right? Yep, yep. Last December, last New Year's Eve. So it's been... It's been almost a year. Obviously, Cody um, Cody got hurt right before they were supposed to fight after the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, like the filming that show ate up a lot of their time. Like, yeah. which, if, if they don't film that show, if they just make that fight happen by like March, April, May, like that probably would have happened. But filming the show and then having to wait and wait and wait, then doing the training, like that just kind of resulted yeah. in why it's so long i forgot the lineker fight was on that same card so he hasn't fought in a year either even though we just talked about that yesterday slightly but yeah so neither guy's fight fought in 11 months cody you gotta question how good that back really is yeah like back injuries like we've seen like i mean uh Velasquez, sorry. Yeah. Like you, you've seen like when a guy's back starts to go. I mean, I, I mean, <clears throat> like we've talked about in the show. Me, when I threw my back out a month and a half, two months ago, I still kind of get like these weird little tingles. Oh yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not going out there and grappling people. Right. I'm just picking up my daughter or my son, or I'm at work tossing a pizza dough. Like I'm not like doing anything like too strenuous. So if I can pick up Carla. And I get like a little like, ooh, that didn't feel right. I can only imagine what it's like when you're like straight up trying to take take a guy down and hold him there and like do damage. Like it, it definitely scares me for Cody going forward. The fact that he's had this, uh, maybe not serious, but I mean, any back injury can get serious very, uh, very quickly. Oh yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much. Once you fuck it up, you you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing with with, with Cody that I'm really interested in seeing is how, like, what kind of fighter is he really? Because we saw him beat up a lot of good guys on road to get that title shot, but <clears throat> Dominic, as we found out with the, the plantar fa- uh, fasciitis, he had very, very, very limited movement in his feet. And that's what led to, I think, him getting hit a bunch of times in what opened up that fight for Cody. If TJ's going in there with uh, the movement that we've seen him have in past fights, I think this could it could result in being a long night for, for Cody. Yeah. It's pretty evenly matched on the feet. Um, I mean, TJ's got a few more fights, so his, his body works a little bigger, but he's got a 5.38 strikes per minute landed where uh, Cody's only 3.58 accuracy is not too far off defense is pretty much the same it, their grappling's pretty even too oh, Cody's never been taken down that's going to be an interesting twist in this too because like obviously TJ is known as a good wrestler and, right. and Cody's known for his boxing but Cody was a really good high school wrestler and, and that's what, what I was going to say actually it's funny you mentioned that was uh, alpha male. Like, at what point does Cody 
shock everyone with a takedown. Like this would be like the perfect fight to break out like that. Oh wow, he can do this also kind of. Fight. Well, he's taking people down. He's just <laughs> never been taken down himself. He averages one point one takedowns a fight and has like a thirty eight percent. But <clears throat> no, I mean like like actually like utilizing wrestling. Like we're like we usually see him always striking. I'm waiting for that one fight where you actually see the alpha male wrestler uh, wrestling, sorry, come out of him. And it's going to have to be one of those things where people aren't expecting, they're going to expect a, a slobber knocker and all of a sudden it turns into a, a good grappling match. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be that fight. This has been like the one fight that has been the hardest one for me to try and figure out. Like, he hasn't really had to use I, any of it because he's knocked everybody out in the first round. Besides, oh, he did get one on Dominic. He did get yeah, this one take This is, is going to be like this is the one fighting. This is like this fight that I was talking with there like earlier, where I can see the judging being like razor close, and we get that instant rematch just because bantamweight is tied up like if Cruz can't get past Rivera I could see them doing this one back there's no guarantees for instant rematches though I mean look at look at Cruz and Dillashaw that one should have been a rematch yeah that's true that should have been that one definitely should have been a rematch but they gave the... but this one here but you can still utilize that alpha male versus Dillashaw for another six months <laughs> right they they love that angle right now. Uh, it's well. like Austin, the corporation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I definitely, I absolutely believe that, uh, that Cody is more than capable of winning this fight and has the tools, especially on the feet, to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he he's claimed to have knocked out TJ in sparring, whatever. Um, I don't know. I just think, I think TJ is a better version of the version of Dominic Cruz that Cody fought. Right. And I don't know if he's going to be able to connect with all the shit that he was able to. I mean, I doubted him before, and I'm not picking him. I'm riding with TJ. I've been with been a TJ guy for a while, so <clears throat> I'm gonna stick with him because I I want him to I want to see him be champion again. Yeah, the thing is, like, we haven't like we haven't really seen uh, Cody caught. No, where like, he, and that's the thing. Like, TJ has. I mean, we saw with the Hen and Burrell fight where it was looking like okay, TJ's he's hitting him, he's hitting him, he's hitting him. And then all of a sudden, at the end of that first round, he just uncorked that one shot and browed when like, he was basically stiff before he hit the ground, and that kind of like, jolted him awake. But we've seen TJ be able to land that oh shit kind of punch, and just if he can land it on Cody, it'd be interesting to see what the like what happens with Cody. Yeah, uh, I mean TJ, I think definitely hits harder than Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Dominic Cruz is much more of a finesse, pop, 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 yeah, kind of fighter. Whereas TJ can go pop, pop, bam, like, and like really make the impact on you. I think TJ is going to be able to take Cody down. 
I think that's yeah. I think that's where I think. I think I can see like I mean I can't question Cody's endurance because in that cruise fight, I didn't know what what he would be like. But when he was you know dancing and striking and avoiding takedowns against Cruz in like the fourth and fifth rounds. I can't say like if Cody take, gets taken down early in the first, it could be a long night because we've seen that he can go the distance. So well, it's just, and it, it's a matter of, sorry, go on. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's just for me, I just, I think it's going to be on a one punch is who's going to land that punch that kind of puts that one guy off their game plan. That's going to be the difference maker in this fight. Like if Cody gets caught, does he just rush in and make a bad mistake? Does TJ get caught and just get flatlined, kind of like? Well, and remember though too, in the cruise fight, how much of an effect did that when they smacked heads? Did that have on Dominic Cruz? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, like I'm actually, I think this is gonna be a fun one too. Like I said, going back to the cruise fight with the the, the foot injury the Cruz had, like both uh, TJ and Cody have some of like probably the best footwork. In the UFC today, oh yeah, so I can see like like you know, switching positions, switching stances, moving the feet, like throwing the other guy off. I, this one, like, like I, I'm probably gonna ride with Cody just because if he gets in and hits that one shot, I know he has the power to probably finish TJ. <laughs> but this is the one fight that I'm picking with like probably like the smallest amount of confidence because TJ could easily land the same shot or land that takedown or just do that one thing that just like, Oh, okay. This is where it's going to be TJ's fight. Yeah. I'm, I'm riding with TJ, man. I want to see TJ get his belt back. I want to see him as champion again. I, I like TJ. Um, I know there's a bunch of whatever with the whole story of Holdsworth coming out this week, but, I don't know. I don't always. I don't take everything these guys say as gospel. Uh, you know, I I need a little more information before I'm gonna decide whether that's right. it. Because this, there's been this ongoing feud forever now with TJ and Team Alpha Male and shit. And right. it never got solved with him in favor because they didn't fight. And now Cody's taking up the mantle for it, and who knows how much other I don't know. I just I don't know. That, and that's the worst thing too. Like if it does go to decision, and if it's like a forty-eight, forty-seven split decision, they're just gonna keep on jawing back and forth each other until they get that fight where one of them is knocked out. Yeah, there and has then, to be a knockout and, or a finish. Like, yeah, there. Ha- like, and even still, then it's just like, well, you know, you like it. it this has the, the like, this has like trilogy written all over it. Even if it's like, even if it takes like you know like three four years and like whatever happens, like, I feel I can see these guys in a couple in a couple years. Neither of them has the strap, and they're still gonna have like one last fight just because. Like it just right. It just seems this way with these guys. Even watching the Ultimate Fighter, yeah. Like watching the Ultimate, like, those two guys would not stop. Like like even like when when TJ's guys were were whooping Cody's guys. Cody didn't care. He was no. going after, after. He was going after after TJ, after Dwayne, after the camp. It, it became less about the that that elephant fighter was less about the fighters and it was more about camp versus camp than anything else. Right. No, absolutely. 
So, yeah, I got TJ. You're taking. I'm taking Cody, but like I'm like 51 49 on this fight. Like I just I it's like I flipping a coin kind of deal with me. I have I have zero confidence in in picking this fight. Yeah, this this is definitely the fight I was alert uh, alluding to earlier about my fear for the judging. Yeah, yeah. Not so much this fight though. The third championship no. fight. What would be the first of the championship fights on the card? Yoano uh, Yunjecek taking on Thug Rose Namajunas. Oh, poor girl. Poor, How about uh, Yoano becomes the first person to defend the uh, defend the title twice at the MSG for the UFC. Mm-hmm. Her legend continues to grow. Her legend continues as she becomes the most dominating force in women's MMA. Oh, I feel bad for Rose. I really do. I, really I, do. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if, I don't know if it was a Twitter or an Instagram, but Joanna came out today with her nails and they're painted like blood red. And she said she showed up and she's showing off to the camera and she captioned it. Oh, it looks like Rose on Saturday or so, something along those lines. Like oh. just continuing those mind games that she does, like Dude, those it- subtle jabs and stuff like this fight really hurts me man because i love Joanna, but i also love me some thug man i love thug. I know. that's my girl and yeah. i don't want to see her get beaten up she's always got that shot on the ground man if, if, if she's got the potential to submit her uh, you know thug is a is a pretty good jits artist so oh yeah practitioner sorry i've been i've been like thinking all day of how I can figure like in my brain just racking like, okay, how can Rose win this for Jeff? Like all I was thinking like like how could she pull and then like like I mean there's always like that like that Matt Sarah GSP like that shot and all of a sudden the course of history changes kind of thing. I mean but this thing, it's like Joanna's proven that back against the wall she can come out. So it's gotta be like you gotta somehow tire her out and when have we seen her tired kind of thing? You know? Like, like that's the thing you got, like, I don't know how, you know, I think the only way that she loses this belt of is she says, like, you know, come December, here you have take the 115, I'm going for 125. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, or unless Cyborg drops down to 115. <laughs> Woof. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I got Joanna winning this one, but I would love to see Rose get it. I just don't think it's, it's – I don't think at all it's, there's a chance it's going to happen. She could catch her on the ground, but I don't even see her being able to take her down. No, and, and we've seen Joanna's takedown defense. I mean, she gets, she's gets she been taken on a couple of times, but I mean, she's her takedown defense is like, – like, was it uh, Carlos Barza had like – it was like 0 for 8 or something like that. Like she, when I think Claude just had like obviously the most uh, success with takedowns. Right. Like, but I mean, aside from that, like all you want to does is go out there and break the record for most strikes in a round, most strikes in a minute, most strikes in a fight. And then the next time she goes out there, she breaks her own record. Like, well, and then it's like, you know, Rose likes to set a lot of her takedowns and stuff up out of the clinch. You don't want to be in the clinch with Joanna. 
No, no, yeah, like that. I mean, we've seen like what she can like. Yeah, like she's like a seven, eight-time Muay Thai champion, right? Like she's Carla more... got. Carla got one takedown. She got one. Yeah. Okay. She's been taken down by Carla Sparza, uh, Valerie Letourneau, and Claudia. Oops, let's go back. Yeah. Claudia's taken her down. She took her down seven times in the first fight. Uh, then, like I said, one from Asparza, one from Letourneau, and four in the second fight. With uh, Claudia? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, you want to yeah. so cut it. You want to cut it down. From seven to four between the two fights. Yeah, it's gonna. Like, She's tough, man. She's tough. Like, I just keep on thinking about, uh, like the Laterno, like the the the, the Laterno went through what, um, uh, Kavalkovich uh, went through. What she what did to, Andrade yeah, I was gonna through. say what she did to Andrade, man. The last, like, those three fights are the ones that jump out to the most. Like, Claudia Gedalia, like, she's world champion if there's no Ioana. The other three, well, you question champion because of what Ioana did to them. Like, but, she, then, Ioana, but then you look at what Andrade did to Claudia. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Oh, and Andrade yeah, took her, Andrade took her down twice too. So, man, um, I like, I want to give Rose the chance just because, like, I want your girl to oh, get I do that too. Stress. But it's I, I, Pat, her and Pat Barry can celebrate in the octagon. But God, I, I don't know how. Like, I just, I, I feel like I have to keep on picking Yolanda until she loses. Oh yeah. Until somebody like, just, really I, even puts her in trouble. Yeah. I mean, Kovacavich caught her with that one shot. But other than I that... Claudia had her in the most trouble because Claudia had the split decision loss in the right. first fight and then was up two rounds to nothing and was looking phenomenal in the second fight. Well, definitely. I mean, Kovacavich only but, got one, maybe one round out of it if you wanted to give her any rounds. And that was just because she caught her with one good shot and it kind of stunned Yoana for a minute. Right. Throwing hands ain't really thugs, you know, forte. I mean, she's all right at it, but not Yoana's caliber. I, I just don't even want to see her get beaten up and as bad as what could possibly happen in this fight. That's more what I'm, it's more what I don't want to see. You think that Yoana's able to, like, because what has she gone, uh, she decisioned. Has she beat? Has she finished anyone since Jessica Penne? No, um, I don't think so. She decisioned Dahlia. She decisioned Kovalevich. She decisioned Paterno. She decisioned Andrade. So no. So was it the first held defense? Then was her last finish? Hang on, I just brought it back up. Yeah, Penne was her last. Carlos Sparza and Penne. So yeah, winning the belt and then defending it the first time, and then she's just well, those, and fight. those are her only two non-decision wins in the UFC because she beat uh, her first, first fight, fight with first... Lima, and then yeah. the second fight was the decision with Gadelia. Right. And then she beat Sparza and, then... and Penne, and then yeah, went five with yeah five five and 
five and five. It's kind of funny how you see like someone like DJ or GSP get ragged on for not finishing fights, but because they're using the ground game. But for Yolanda, she can decision four or five, six fights in a row. But because she's lighting girls up, it's all good. Well, they're also one hundred and fifteen pound women. But it's kind of it's just kind of funny though how like because she's like people are entertained by the striking over the ground game. But yeah. I mean, I, I well, of course, that's that's the way it always is. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why Damian Maya is not a super, super, super popular fighter. He has right. hardcore fight fans, but is not with a casual because they don't think he does. No, shit. Not, no. So, yeah, we both got you on on that one. Second yeah, fight, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm going to go with the finish. Even like I, I don't. I think she finishes her. I, I I don't like Rose. I just don't know. Like, I love I mean, Rose. Uh, she's tough, but she's of, not that. A lot tough. of the girls that she's fought, it's obviously like, it just seems like it's a jumping competition. Doesn't matter who you are, but for Rose, I don't know what it is that just makes me feel like this is like a bigger jumping competition than Yuan has had in recent memory. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't think she's ready for this. I mean, she is ready for this fight. She's as ready as she's going to be for this fight, but she's not ready for what's going to happen to her. Uh, second fight of the main card, Wonder Boy is taking on Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Masvidal is coming off of the win. Oh, I'm sorry, the loss to Damian Maya. Before that, he had put together the wins with Donald Cerrone, Jake Ellenberger, Ross Pearson. And, and that, I mean, and that loss actually. I mean, that was that was a it, it was a close loss. Like it could have been the other way easily. Oh, I agree. I agree. It was it was a close decision. And obviously, we haven't uh, seen Wonder Boy since the uh, the rematch with Tyron Woodley last March. The really boring fifty four to fifty three striking match. Oh, that's right. But really, I mean, looking at it, like I'm looking at them side by side, and it real, or, you know, one on top of each other. It's not really much different than their first fight. Like their first fight, Woodley only la- landed sixty one, and Wonder Boy landed forty three. So, I mean, obviously less output from. Woodley, but more output from Wonder Boy in the second, which isn't saying much. But this is a really interesting fight. I mean, Mazadal's coming in pretty, uh, pretty cocky about it in his usual easy money tour way, his easy money fights. Um,. I've got Wonder Boy. I think Masvidal is going to be over aggressive, and that counter striking. Um, he doesn't have to worry about the takedown as much. It's not as much of a threat as it was with with Tyron Woodley, obviously. Um, so he can get back into his comfort zone, where he just kicks you in the face. Yeah, I think that's what's going to be the biggest difference. Uh, uh, for uh, not the biggest, the biggest factor is going to be 
the striking of of Wonder Boy. Like, I, I, I'm for me, I'm really curious to see if he goes back to like the Wonder Boy that fought Rory McDonald and that fought Johnny Hendricks. Like he seemed to have taken that step off, um, tried to be a little more cautious when he fought Woodley. Right. Um, and it, it, is he willing to go back to what got him in that position? And if he does, how does Masvidal um, defend against it? That's a good question. Because Masvidal, like we've seen him, he can strike with the best of them, but can he defend like those question mark kicks and land that shot that he needs to land? Like Wonderboy can catch like some of the like the best strikers on their best day with something that you don't see coming. No, I agree. I th- that's what I was saying earlier too. Was that you know this is the type of fight that that lets him Wonder Boy get back into his his comfort zone, and into that counter striking on the on the back foot and kicking him or you know catching him with the back foot off the front foot yeah. and shit whatever the fuck it is he does that karate kick <laughs> ooh you okay Sorry. yeah I went there. <laughs> So I wanted to turn this way away from the from the mouth part the the mic part, but I turned the wrong way into it. <laughs> so I hope that one. So I got Wonder Boy. Um, I think he gets back on track after the draw and loss. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, you know I'm probably rather Wonder Boy. I think like, looking at Maslow's fights, like even the Cerrone fight. When we were talking about the, the time of Maya story, I was never really like he beat a Cerrone coming off short notice. He's beat Ross, but, like he's had like don't get me wrong, all those fights like they're all quality wins. But I think this is actually like his real, real test after like we've seen him like unable to defeat Maya in a close fight. If he's unable to defeat uh, Thompson in a close fight, then maybe he's not what UFC hoped him to be, kind of thing. I can see Masvidal winning the fight. I definitely don't think it's it's a given for for Wonder Boy. I just well, I mean, like, up, and, up and down this main card, I can make an argument. I think for all right, either guys, I just don't want to sit on the fence with every single fight. So I'm just like, I, I feel like I got to pick that one name that I am more confident about. Yeah, no, I know, but but yeah, like. I can easily see a lot of these guys winning the fight that they're in. Uh, opening fight of the main card, Johnny Hendricks is taking on Paulo Costa. I'm sorry, Paulo Costa Barrachina. Why the fuck do they have him as Paulo Costa on the fucking UFC website? Barrachina is his nickname or something? No, the Razor is his nickname. I mean, not nickname, but like a lot of Brazilians, like, like yeah, like, but they don't like go with last names and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? They have it as Hendricks versus Boracina in the pictures, and then you open it up, and it says Paulo Costa. So I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah, Boracina is coming off of two wins in a row of knockouts of Gareth McClellan and. Olawale Bamboje. 
Oh, that's right. I forgot what that. That was a. Uh... <laughs> that was like just like a good two rounds or one and a half round just slugfest. Yeah. Until, Bomboja. Uh, Bomboja just couldn't hold his hands up anymore. Yeah. I don't like this fight for Johnny Hendricks. I really don't. This dude. Uh, this dude's know. got power. He's young. Johnny is the only fat. thing that. The only thing that gives me any hope for Hendricks in this fight is Jackson Wink. That's the only reason why I think that he has like that slimmer of hope that he could put together the game plan that he needs to. But that's about it. Yeah, if it's can't not, get okay so far. If it's not too late. Is he um, going to come in on weight? That's the question. 185. Like, I, God, like, it, Didn't he miss weight? Almost missed weight. I think he almost missed weight against Tim. Was it Tim Bosch or did he fight since then? Uh, no, I think it was Bosch. Yeah, it was Bosch. Yeah, yeah, he fought Bosch in the summer. He, he, yeah, he won his middleweight debut and then lost the Tim Bosch fight. Yeah, got yeah, I, in that Tim I Bosch think, fight. Yeah. I think Borchina uh, finishes this fight oh, at yeah. some point. I think I he just... knocks him out. I mean, that was just in June. He got knocked out by Bosch. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, switching camps is good and all, but I mean, I don't know if you saw, I don't think I showed it to the page, but uh, Hendricks came out and said, you know, give me one year and I'll beat anyone, at, or give me, give me one year at Jackson Wink and I can beat anyone at Middleweight. It's quite the statement to make. That is a statement. It's definitely a statement. I mean, it's a good camp for him to be in. It definitely is. It maybe back when he was uh, on his welterweight climb. Oh, but at this point of his career, that's a the camp. I think it's going to extend the 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 free fall that he's on. I mean, I'm part of that. I mean, a part of that whole free fall happened, though, when Team Takedown broke up and he lost a lot of his coaches. I mean, his his, his dietary issues have been there for a long time. But, no, but, but, the, the, but also, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I guess I mean, maybe free fall was uh, maybe the wrong word, but uh, – how much of that career was lost because of Big Rig Steakhouse and trying to have his own, his, like his camp falling apart. Like if he back in twenty, I'll uh, say twenty fourteen, right after the GSP fight, if he had switched camps and went to Jackson Wink, then I think the last three years of his career could have been a lot different. And and also not diving into so many personal endeavors so fast as he did. Like he thought that Steakhouse wasn't take off like I don't know I, th- I think he lost a lot of his time dealing with nonsense instead of worrying about fighting yeah I can see that too I don't know I I, I definitely think that the camp thing had a, a, a part of it but I'm not yeah. saying that he's gonna that his statement is true and that he's gonna beat everybody at 185 but I definitely think that Jackson Wink can help. And I, I don't think necessarily his career could be over if 
I mean, there's still a chance they can turn it around, and he's only 34. Yeah, I was gonna say he isn't. Uh, he isn't. He isn't that old. Like <clears throat> he could go on a real, a real quick run. Like we talked about the middleweight division last night. He could potentially get a couple of knockouts and just jump up some spots, get a favorable matchup, jump up into a, a, a decent contender position, and then just go from there. But it's right. I mean, it's gonna be a lot more work than it is for other guys in that division. <clears throat> I mean Boracina has shown you know, um Bamboje took him down twice. And I guarantee you he's not nearly as good of a wrestler as Johnny Hendricks. So if Johnny if Johnny decides to use his wrestling, he's been stupid before or not. So and who did who did Johnny beat in his uh and um I wanna say Sousa, but I know it's not Sousa, it's uh Lombard. Yeah. I mean, Lombard in his in his middleweight debut and everyone even when he won that fight, everyone's like ho hum about it. You know, like I feel like Hendrick Hendricks really does need <clears throat> like we talked about last night with uh, Brunson. I feel like he needs like that 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 it fight, that it performance, that one that kind of shows people like I'm not finished yet kind of thing. <clears throat> fuck. <laughs> you alright? Oh fuck. Kids, I'm telling you, I, lo- I love my kids, but like kids are filthy little creatures, man. They just get you sick and because their germs are so, like, pure, just sticks in you for as long as they want to. Pure as the driven snow. Ah, oh, god damn it. Pure as the driven snow. Um, yeah, I got bored in China by knockout. I think. Yeah, I, I I think he finishes uh, Johnny, and maybe this is the fight where he was to Bellator. Maybe this is the fight where he strings together some wins. But I'd like for him to win. But whatever happens, positive for Hendricks, I think it happens after Saturday night. But like I said before, I could be very wrong. One shot, all takes. One I don't shot, say that. One thing. kill. That's it. Um, FS1 prelim main event, James Vick is taking on Joe Duffy. Uh, Vick is coming off of a knockout win over Marco Polo Reyes back in May and also has a submission win over Abel Trujillo back in February. Duffy's coming off a unanimous decision win over Reza Madaddy. That's the one that got in the contract that kept him in here, right? Yep. And then uh, all the way back to June, July of 2016, he had beaten Mitch Clark by submission. Um, this one, I think, has the potential to be your sleeper uh, fight of the night. I do, too. I think so, too. They're, they're both exciting fighters. Um, I was leaning towards Duffy. And I, I kind of want Joe to win, but I I think, man, Vic's, Vic's been fucking, it's been slick with shit. <clears throat> we see, uh, I know James uh, James Vic from uh, Ultimate Fighter Live, the uh, Uriah Faber, Dominic Cruz uh, season. Okay. And I, and I couldn't stand him on the show. He was a Dominic Cruz fighter, and he was, he was the kind of fighter that absorbed the... Uh, 
the coaches hate towards the other the other coach kind of kind of guy. Yep. So it just rubbed me the wrong way. So I couldn't stand him. But since going to the OC, <coughs> he has uh, he's continued to impress me every single fight. Like I I, I begrudgingly pick uh, uh, James Vick. Like I I. I Want to see Duffy get the, get this win, but I I, I can I'm foreseeing uh, Vic as like the future of the of the lightweight division. Yeah, the height and reach is gonna be gonna be pretty big. Um, yeah, I got I got Vic. I got Vic. I would love D- Duffy to win, but I got Vic. Um. Also on the FS1 prelims, Walt Harris and Mark Godbeer. Um, the rescheduled fight from was that 216? Yeah, yeah, it was last 216. I, I don't know. I didn't get to see it. Thanks again, oh. Sony. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, for this one here, I think that uh, the only way, like. Uh, you know, sometimes like a fight, if you watch another guy, another uh, his opponent in a previous fight, like okay, that's the game plan. This is the kind of fight where you can't do that because Godbeard has to watch the previous fight. And be like, okay, so that's got to be Verdum. I just got to take him down to the moon in one minute. <clears throat> like this fight here is, has, I think, I don't know. Like, I, I I'm going to take Walt Harris just because I'm so impressed with the fact that he was willing to step in on 24 hours notice to fight. A killer in Verdum that he I can't, he knew he was going to lose. He just wanted that's that exactly shot. Like, he just wanted that. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, I I just pick him to win because I can't not hate on what he did. So I'm going to ride with him just for that one purpose. No, no hate, no hate. I got uh, I got Mark Godbeer. Um, second fight of the FS1 prelims. Uh, Ovin St. Prue taking on Corey Anderson. St. Prue stepping in for Cummings. Cummings, thank Cummings. you. Cummings. Patrick Cummings, who had a mutant staph infection. Right, yeah, his, that foot. Yeah, that was gross. That was should, gross. That, should not have taken your advice and looked it up. <laughs> I told you. Shit was gross. Shit was gross. Uh, St. Prue. St. Prue has won two in a row by the uh, by the St. Prue choke. I won't even call it the Von Prue. I will call it the St. Prue choke. Um, over Marcos Ruggiero de Lima and Yushin Okami. Corey Anderson is. Coming off of a loss to Jimmy Manoa by knockout back in March. Uh, beating Sean O'Connell before that. Um, oh, yeah. And Corey Anderson spoiled my my Tom Lawler fucking Grado night. He beat, he beat Lawler at 196. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right, I forgot about that fight. Do we see? Do we see a third Von Prue? Uh, yeah, why not? Fuck it, I got it. Is it third or is it fourth? Do you have three? 
I think it was third consecutive. He may have three overall. Okay, so oh, I so I think it third. would be his fourth. I think it would his be his fourth, fourth overall. Yeah. Sorry, I should have specified third. Sorry, yeah, third in a row. I mean, I mean Corey Anderson's a t- is a he's a tough guy, but OSP's coming up coming into this fight after taking no damage and beating Okami. But he's just like this isn't one of those like short notice fights. Where you're like, oh god, can he do it? This is a short notice fight where it's like he just came off a of camp, had a fresh fight, and still good to go. So. I think if he wants to, uh, if he wants to get the takedown, do what he has to do. I can see him doing the problem. Yeah. I, I, Sorry. Yeah, all right, man. Like I said, Santa's gonna Santa's gonna bring you a mic for Christmas. <laughs> how, how about a? Uh, how about he some new lungs without any like germs in them? Um. Well, then the clean or some clean kids. I was saying, let's go for the clean kids because the cleaner your lungs are means the fucking faster the germs yeah. are gonna attack them. Yeah. Opening fight of the FS1 prelims: Randy Brown's taking on Mickey Gall. Randy Brown nine and two, coming off of a loss to Balia Muhammad. Before that, he had beaten Brian Kamosi. And Eric Montano losing to Mike, Michael Graves back in 2016 and beating Matt Dwyer in his debut. Uh, Mick- yeah, rabbit hole, if I may, really fast. He said Bilal Muhammad there. He fucking won Halloween. I don't know if you saw his Twitter. No. <laughs> a Twitter post last night. He goes, oh, oh, just ran out of candy. So now I'm just going to give out rear naked chokes to all the kids. All right. <laughs> like, fuck. I saw that they fucking right. Just... <laughs> All right, I love it. Mickey Gall looking to win his fourth fight in a row in the UFC. All three of his wins by submission. Um, I don't know. I like me to Mickey Gall. I, I still do. I'll take I mean, Mickey. All, all things considered, I mean, he had like a, like a first-minute submission, and then he fought CM Punk's. I mean, those two are kind of like flip a coin kind of deal. Sage is – he's still up in the air of what kind of a prospect is he going to turn out to be. Right. I think, I think Mickey Gall, though, is as long as he gets these – I don't want to say tune-up fights before he really dip, dips his toes into the deep waters because, I mean – MMA is always deep waters, but I'm going to keep on right with Mickey Gall until he shows me that he's actually just a flash in the pan and has just like three fights, four fights, five fights in him before he peters out to be nothing. I'm, I I want to believe Mickey Gall is going to be in the welterweight division for a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Mickey in this fight. Take him by submission. Fuck it. Why not? Three fights left on the card in the FS or the uh, sorry the fight pass early prelims. Uh, Alexi Olenek, Olenek. Oh God, I'm Olenek. Sorry. Yes, thank you, Olenek. <laughs> the uh, the dude that hit the goddamn Ezekiel choke. And he actually hit it on the day that Ezekiel Elliott choked against the Packers in the playoffs. Boom boom. 
<laughs> Nobody could see it. I just gave Ryan a shruggy guy. Um, he's taking on Curtis Blades. Oh, uh, Blades seven one zero with one no contest. Um, oh yeah, because he beat Adam Milstead but tested positive for weed. That was his last fight back in February. And that was the yeah, because that was the there was two fights on that. I think that was the one that you and uh, Rafael talked about. The, the, the other guy, yeah, him and Nico Price. Yeah, they both pop, popped in Texas. Yeah, that's right. Uh... And Olenek, he his last fight was uh, tapping Travis Brown. Yeah, sorry, I pulled up the wrong. Uh... Wrong guys list of fighters. Pulled up. There you go. They're gonna say you picked up the wrong. You picked up the wrong Olenek. <laughs> How many are there? No. Yep. His last fight was uh, was the win over Travis Brown by submission, and then uh, before that was the Victor Pesta fight where he got the Ezekiel choke back in January. I'm with Blades on this. One, I think you're going with who? Blades. I, I don't think the two times that I've seen uh, Olenek obviously were, were the Ezekiel choke and uh, and the rear naked uh, submission of, of Travis Brown. So I know he's got a phenomenal ground game, but I don't know. But he's like his 50 odd fights or something. I just, I can see Curtis hitting out, uh, hitting that chin and putting him to sleep. I'm going to take, uh, I'll take. Uh, Olnick by submission. Although, mind, yeah, I was gonna say, mind you, like I should have learned at this point in my MMA viewership of never pick against the Russian. Yep, Dempsey Duck touched it. Yeah, never pick against the Russian. Uh, first fight of the, uh, or the oh, fuck, why do I keep wanting to say FS1 prelims? The fight pass prelims is going to be Eamon Zahabi making his return to the octagon to take on Ricardo Ramos. Uh, Eamon came in with a ton of hype and didn't look all that impressive in his UFC debut. That was back in Nova Scotia, right? February, yeah. Yep. So uh, he got the win over Reginaldo Vera by unanimous decision, even though Vera outstruck him. Like twenty. Uh, Ramos is coming off of a win over Michinori Tanaka back in February of 2017. So, so uh, throw a dart, man. I'll, I'll take. I'll take as a hobby. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna ride with with. with uh, I'm gonna ride with Zahabi only because of the fact that it's like. GSP's going to be there. Like, I don't know. It just feels like that whole camp family angles right there. So I mean, right? It could start. It could start good for the Zahabis and end good for the Zahabis kind of deal. You know, book end it, but for sure. But I mean, yeah, like you said throw a dart because this is one of those fights where it's still could go either way. Yep, and that's the card. That's a good. That's a pretty good night of fights set up. I think there's a lot of potential for some good delivery and some fun action fights. So. I'm excited. And we're going to do After the Bell. We haven't done After the Bell in fucking forever. 
214, right? Was the Shevchenko uh, and uh, Nunes card, I think. Yeah, I was going to do one once, but I was falling asleep. I don't remember what one it was. It might have been a pay-per-view. I don't remember. Uh, let's talk about the fighter rankings real quick and then get into news and wrap this up. Um, no changes in the pound-for-pound pound or at flyweight. few changes at bantamweight as Marlon Morass moves up to number 9. And Thomas Almeida drops to 10. Pedro Munoz moves up to 11. Eddie Wyland down one spot to 12. Matthew Lopez up one to 13. And Rob Font drops to 14. No changes at featherweight. No changes at lightweight. Uh, Kobe Covington jumps up at welterweight from number seven to number three. Jorge Masvidal doesn't move. Damian Maia moves down two spots to five. And then Dos Anjos and Carlos Condit each move down one. Um, Derek Brunson went from seven to six and switched spots with Anderson Silva. Brad Tavares also dropped to number 14. No change at light heavyweight or heavyweight, women's strawweight or bantamweight. So a little bit of movement. Be probably quite a bit more after this weekend, obviously. Um, So this afternoon, I believe it was, uh, Michael Bisbing and, and Jorge Masvidal got into a pretty heated exchange in the uh, the hotel lobby um he uh attacked i think it was him attacking about being a cuban and stuff and then uh they call it you know they each call on each other a punk bitch and mazadal says i'll fuck you up a bunch of times and stuff and uh he brings up yoel romero but uh the the biggest takeaway really from the whole thing is uh when uh Jorge Masvidal uses a homophobic slur at, towards Bisbing and i i i, I mean it, it, specifically though it was the actual word it was right. like dropping the f bomb right. cuz i mean there's tons that you could use but that's like the I mean, I think the end bomb for the homosexual world. Yeah, for sure. I I brought it up on Twitter because there was all this controversy a couple of weeks ago after the Lobov fight where Connor was quoted and heard saying that that same word, and there was all this outrage. But and even prior to that, with uh, Verdum. And uh, and and Tony Ferguson, yeah, up there, like, yep. But there hasn't been any. I mean, I haven't been on Twitter a lot today, so hopefully there there has been more. But when I scrolled back through after I saw the story, I didn't see a lot of people. I think Diz brought it up. Uh, Eric and I went back and forth for a couple of tweets about it. But you know, I shared the story from MMA Jim from uh, Jim Edwards and like, he really didn't make any mention of it either. I just knew it was there because of reading a, a tweet from Diz. Right. But yeah, I, I just think it's kind of weird that there hasn't, that there's no real talk or, or hopefully it gets brought up 
you know, I need to get back on Twitter and check some things out. But um, I mean, it, I think the way the thing that gives me hope is that it did happen today. Um, when Connor did it at Fight Night, it was kind of mentioned here and there. And slowly the rumblings came out, and eventually Connor did make the statement. Right. I don't know if they're just trying to avoid making a statement because they don't want some stupid thing where, like, maybe Maslow gets knocked out. Like, well, his brain wasn't in it because everything's going on. Maybe they're waiting for Saturday night after the fight. I'm not saying that that's justifiable to wait. I mean, he should make an apology in some way, shape, or another. You don't, maybe don't apologize to Biz being fine. Apologize for using what you used. But I, I think some statement by either Masvidal's party or the UFC should be made uh, within, I'd say, the next 24 hours at least. Yeah, I agree. I agree it needs to be addressed, and hopefully it will be. Like I said, I need to get need to get back on Twitter and and check it out and see if any more people kind of noticed it and what their reaction was. I just think it was weird that nobody really was saying anything that when Masvidal said it, yeah. you know, when Connor said it, or even like you said when Verdum uh, said you used something, you know, you used one in Spanish. So, um, see what happens with it. See if it gets brought up with the fight. Uh, yeah, last couple pieces of news. We've got Kobe uh, Covington talking about how. Tyron Woodley is fading and he needs him because he's the villain. And, uh, you know, just just doing like we talked about last night, doing everything he can to to get his name in Tyron Woodley's mouth and talking with himself into a championship. A la Chael Sonnen. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's hard to say that he's the villain because, I mean, Woodley's not exactly the most beloved fighter in the UFC. So, this would be like the, the bad guy fighting the bad guy kind of deal. Yeah, it's really just two villains fighting each other. Yeah. Unless it's in Brazil, like I said, uh, I think before I hit record. The only way that Woodley would get any some cheers is if they fought in Brazil, and that's only because Covington's slightly more hated. Good segue, because uh, speaking of Brazil and Kobe Covington, Kobe Covington said uh, he doesn't regret the UFC Sao Paulo insults. Um, he he issued a, a mocking for, formal apology the day after the fight. But then in an interview with uh, with Bloody Elbow, he said he's only looking forward and has no regrets in life. I said what I said. I don't take anything back. I've always had a reason for why I do something. I say a lot of truth, and I say something because I mean it. There was a reason why I said that. They acted like a bunch of animals, and I'm not okay with that, end quote. Uh, fans threw, I mean... threw garbage and other items at him after the fight. And he had to be escorted backstage and later to his hotel by extra security. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, a lot of fighters, like, you go out there, 
they boo you, they chant, you're gonna die, they grab you, whatever. We, they, uh, so many guys have walked in there and have have had no issues. Matt Brown flips them off, so he gets hit. Uh, whatever. That uh, I'm not justifying what the fans do, but. The whole having garbage thrown at him after the fight. If he had gone in there, beat Damian Maya, and not stayed thing, the 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 response from the crowd would have been a lot different than what it was because he had said what he said. Right. I mean, it, the whole. I mean, I, we we talked about it last night. The whole situation just sucks. Really, like I wouldn't like Covington. I think that if he fights a guy like Woodley, he's going to get knocked out fast. He doesn't defend punches well, so, I mean, that could be troubling forward. But, I mean, I think trying to put himself in that position is good for him. Just the way he went about it, I don't agree with. But No, that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. I, I'm not... I'm not the biggest fan. Obviously, I've said stated here on the show, but I, I gave him his props last night for the way he fought, right, and doing what he had to do to win. So, uh, UFC Sao Paulo viewership takes a hit going up against World Series. Um, they said that uh, it averaged about five hundred and eighty-eight thousand viewers. The lowest mark prior to Saturday happened twice. Uh, most recently was a rare Wednesday night show. Uh, back in 2016, headlined them by Lineker and McDonald. Uh, but they still ended up doing 609,000. Um, yeah, that's kind of troubling for them. But, you know, you're up against the World Series. Good series. So, Yeah, and, and I mean that... And that kind of just happened uh, on the fluke of, I mean, if if it was like a game three and one team was up 2 nothing or something, it was like blowout games, whatever, but the fact that the series has been what it was, I feel like more eyes have been on this World Series just because. Well, and let's face yeah. it, it wasn't a great card. It wasn't must-see TV. No, this, this was one of those cards like we talk about all the time of being like uh, – you watch it because you want to be shocked because you don't know the names. Right. You don't know what to expect, and you you kind of get shocked by what you see. That was what this card had, and this is kind of the more like the diehard viewer than the the casual viewer card that we saw. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we've seen UFC take a lot of hits in the ratings in the last year to eighteen months, so it doesn't really shock me when I see some smaller numbers. Right. I agree. I mean, uh, yeah. to them, I guess it doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, it's important for them because they're trying to um, renegotiate <laughs> contracts and and get into negotiations with other companies. So you want a strong showing, but like you said earlier, they're talking about just going straight stream. So who knows? Yeah. Um. Last story for the night. Uh, Alec Iaquinta is out of his fight at UFC 18. So now Charles Oliveira will be fighting Paul Felder. A little bit of a bummer for me. I, I was, was looking forward to seeing uh, 
L.I. Quinta. L. Yeah, like, uh, I want to see how crazy he is. Well, I mean, and, and Ally Quinta is one of those guys that just puts on awesome fights. I mean, win or lose, like, right. you know, he, you know he's going out there and he doesn't care if he – well, I mean, obviously he cares if he wins or loses, but he doesn't care in the fact that he just will go and just put himself out there to get the win. And if he loses, he'll eat that loss and just keep on trucking forward. But, I mean, yeah, it's it sucks. But, I mean, Paul Felder at least got to stay on the card. And Paul Fighter is like just as fun as, uh, as a fighter. I feel like I feel like the, the the fight might not be as entertaining, but it will still. But he's you still get at least get Felder on there and potential to have a, a a finish easily with the, with those two. Oh, so I guess this is an official news um, as of. Tuesday, um, well, yeah, the story was from yesterday, but, uh, in the story it says, uh, as MMA, MMA junkie reported on Tuesday that Charles Oliveira will instead face Felder, the UFC officials have not yet announced this new booking. Oh, okay. So it's just, uh, possibly in the works. That's, I mean, it's probably just all but inked. That would be my guess. Is this just probably? Yeah, that, that's just how that's just how it works. It gets reported through the media, but it's not official until the both guys have put their name on the contract. Yep. Boom. That's episode ninety. <laughs> we did it. We're ten away we from hundred. Oh, halfway to hundred. Oh, I thought ninety-five is halfway to hundred. We, we're we're going to do it. We're going to get it. there. That's entry mark. Um, yeah, let's get into – give me those final thoughts, sir. I got a couple. One, uh, my wife did just message me, and she's wants me to – I don't know if she wants me to tell the world, but I will still say it. She says George St. Pierre will prevail Saturday night. He's not in it for the money, and he wouldn't be coming back if he didn't think he had a chance to uh, beat Michael Bisming, so GSP has the support of uh, of my wife as well. So, All right. and uh, so, and uh, and sticking with uh, Jose and Pierre, uh, the to the listeners, if you want to be impressed with the with a very good performance, check out uh, the Loaded Joe's MMA show. They put out a series of podcasts. Uh, uh, all about uh, George St. Pierre and how he got to where he is right now. Uh, I told Blake I would do a GSP for him because his sounded like Kermit. So <laughs> I, told, <laughs> I, told, I got that one for him. So, but yeah, seriously though, if you guys are looking for a good, uh, I think each show is about half an hour or so. So check him out. He has four or five out right now. It's just about GSP and uh, this fight's in the early stage of the UFC. The fight with Matt, uh, Matt Hughes uh, going back up. Uh, to reclaim his title, so definitely worth a, a listen to if you uh, want some background on GSP. If you're new to MMA and you are part of the McGregor Rousey uh, fan base, and uh, lastly, because I didn't get to record last week and because we were cut off last night, I give all my heartfelt love and support and well wishes, and please come back and whoop that ass to uh, 
to my lovely uh, my lovely MMA wife, Rocky Pennington. Uh, oh God, like I just so devastating that she was hurt because of that pedal shot. And if you haven't heard, yeah, ATV accident leg was almost crushed, almost lost the leg. So she got lucky. It's gonna be a long road uh, back. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, she's definitely not gonna be the same fighter, but I hope she comes back and gets that title. Me at least, too. at least get that shot. But I like Rocky. I yeah, like I love Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. Goddamn t-shirt pores. <laughs> I would make a move if I didn't think that t-shirt could kill me. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. My final thought. Oh, I'm sorry. You did it. Have an awesome performance tomorrow night, and have a fantastic birthday, my friend. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> I can't forget you. Come on. Ah, I knew you wouldn't. I'm never worried. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little uh, little outro music for uh, for my girl Thug. Uh, even though I know you know it's gonna be a tough road for you to win, and then the the odds are stacked against you. And even if you don't prevail, I ain't jumping off that thug train. So our our outro goes out to Thug Rose, my homegirl, my Twitter friend. (laughs) For Ryan Dempsey, I'm Jeff Shanahan. We will see you guys Saturday night for After the Bell. Otherwise, we'll check you guys next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. And new middleweight champion. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm stuck in a time capsule with rappers actually factual. Mean as shit you spit might cause killers to come and clap at you. Stupid goofy stoolie to Gucci Gucci you slap. You and that go for the cock kissing cats that's in the back.